Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome to today's podcast, in which I'm joined by the second Azam that's being on my podcast, but I want to say the original, okay? And I've known Azam for a number of years uh, in a networking group that we were both members of, and we've done work together, and Azam's helped a a, a huge amount uh, of people that I know with the legal side of their business and the corporate side of their business. And very recently, uh, a shout out to, to you, Arzum, for you know, helping a, a very recent client, Luke, who had some legal details that he wanted to look at and you, know, you stepped up and helped him out with that. So, so thank you for doing that. So Arzum, tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it. What got you into this? Well, I um, I'm a corporate, so I'm a corporate lawyer, as you know. I um, yep. so I do everything from everything from helping helping businesses set up all the way through to whatever their master plan is, whatever the exit strategy is. So merger, sale, acquisition, and everything in the middle. Um, I do a, I do a lot of work with um, with startups now. It doesn't. It's not a particularly good earner. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> But the the idea is that the universe karma, you know, yeah. um, it'll come around. And when young Luke, I actually wrote this to him in, in my email. I said, look, when you get whatever the copywriter awards are, whenever you get the Oscars for copywriting, yeah. I want you, I want you there with your award, crying, saying it was all because of us. <laughs> yeah. And in fairness, I think that's that's an important lesson for us all to learn because. Yeah, you you gave out and and you know you you helped him and you know when I spoke to him, one he thanked me. You know he was over the moon that you know thanks so much for introducing me to Arzum and that's credit and that's why I introduce people to people because it, it reflects well on me as well. But he said everything I have now for the rest of my business life that's legal is going to go his way. And and that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah for sure. You you, you sure. know you started a relationship and it is a relationship that is going to go on and on and on you know for hopefully a long a long time so what what made you get into the the legal side i'm going to ask you a question in a minute between the difference between a lawyer and a solicitor because i was never quite sure whether to introduce you as a corporate solicitor or corporate lawyer so i'll ask you to define that in a second but what what helped you and what led you to to get into the legal profession um well i mean a couple of stories there are a couple of little milestones i guess when i was when i was a kid i suppose this is what started it because i was i was always going into medicine that kind of world um just because it was sensible because it was the kind of direction i was guided in yeah. it just seemed like a good a good way to help and all you know the kind of values that i was kind of instilled with as a kid so that's i was on that journey and um but without any any passion behind it, and then I was uh, it was actually a, a story. I was I was going to college, uh, and I used to cross. So I'm you know I'm a big age now. I'm 16 years old. I'm crossing mm-hmm. this lady's lawn, like 
she's got she had, this lady had a, a big lawn and used to cross her lawn from the bus stop to the college right i didn't think she could see me so yeah. i was just sneaking across just because it was a shortcut and then one day she there was a sign there saying trespassers will be prosecuted <laughs> i'm not gonna do that again <laughs> but then i got a penguin guide to the law and read up what that meant and realized that actually it didn't mean very much <laughs> yeah, yeah it was just a nice sign so i never crossed her lawn again but i liked the idea that i couldn't be told right as a 16 year old kid you know my my little 16 year old ego was yeah. i i enjoyed the fact that i had knowledge that i couldn't be pushed around that you know i enjoyed that and it, that was it's not a good reason <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah. just it was you it's know that's, stark, though, isn't it? That's, that's it, it well it was it, it was the first time really that I remember being genuinely interested in something other than I wanted to be David Attenborough when I was a kid. Okay. I was like, that's the guy for that. I want to do what he does. Right? But other than that, it was the first time I was genuinely interested in something. And then fast forward past university, you know, I started doing the business development stuff and all the rest of it. And then what I was at Harvard for a little while working out there and you can't work around those guys for too long without, well, I wanted to become a lawyer, so I came back and uh, became a lawyer. That's that's I love the story about the sign on the lawn. That, that's it. That's that's <laughs> it's that little spot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. explain to, to me and to the listeners the difference between a solicitor and a lawyer then. So, so a lawyer is an umbrella term. Um, underneath that sits um, the two main branches, which is solicitor and barrister. So, so the barrister is a court present, presenter. So they're, they're, they, they go to court with the information that you give them and they present it to yep. the court, the judge or the jury or whatever. But the solicitor is the one behind that that puts the whole case together. Right. So for my purposes, because I don't, I, I don't go to court, I, I, I'm the lawyer when everyone's friends. I build contracts, right? I put That's things right. together. So when, when things go wrong, you know, so if a client comes to me and says someone hasn't paid my bill or someone's breached my contract, that's when you kind of open a door and you just let the wolves out. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's when the litigators get involved or dispute resolution professionals or however yes. they're raised now. Or wolves, but, as you call them. Yeah, yeah. They're wolves. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to have that door. But, you know, I, I don't deal. I, I deal with the side when people are friends and trying to yeah. build something. So if I, if I call somebody a lawyer and actually they're a solicitor, then it's not disrespectful. No, not at all. No, no, they are a lawyer. They yeah. absolutely are a lawyer. Yeah. And, they, and they all know it as well. It's not like they're like, hold on a minute. Why are you yeah. calling me? A-? No, no, they won't. They won't. Yeah. So they I won't. think a lot of people, uh, and I, I for many years, and thank you for <laughs> explaining that, because you know, I've always thought there's, there's different hierarchies of people. And uh, you know, lawyer is, for me, something that's always been slightly higher than a solicitor and if there's any solicitors and lawyers listening to this sorry we're talking about this but yeah i think for a lot of people some of those simple myths a bit like you know you've got the penguin book to understand what the sign meant sometimes we have these misunderstandings or these perceptions of legal people and the professions and it can be slightly intimidating for people as well and i know you know you're the least intimidating legal person that i've ever met um so I'm, i'm glad you say you've got other people in the in the wolf cupboard (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, one thing I will say for the listeners, uh, after after knowing you as I as I have, the medical profession lost a great bedside manner when you decided <laughs> to go into legal. 
Uh, but it's also a gain, I think, for the legal profession because it's I'm something that, that makes you very unique uh, and very different. So, and you know, that's that's what makes you, you know, the, the great person that you are and the great lawyer that you are. So, let's talk about coffee. I've, <laughs> I've got I've got my coffee uh, to handy. I know you've had a couple of cups of coffee already today. Tell us a little bit about the the coffee you drink, you know, uh, and how you take your coffee. Well, so I'm not a, I'm not a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. I take coffee like I take medicine. <laughs> right. It's apparently necessary. My body seems to require it. So yeah. I take two. I have two coffees if I can before 11 o'clock and I don't touch it again right. for the rest okay. of the day because I, I am precious about my sleep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, life is generally a, a, a stressful event. Yeah. <laughs> uphill all the way so I like when I go to sleep to not if something is bothering me I don't like the nagging thought of and you've had coffee you're not going to be able to sleep mm. I don't want to have that voice in my head no. so yeah and is it instant coffee do you make it in a kitchen in the office is it a yeah, filter just, machine I you've mean, got I, I, I have a, a t- <laughs> And that, two spoons of Nescafe in the yep. morning. Yep. And then whatever the office has got. So they've got a, a machine with, you know, a coffee machine, a proper one. Yeah, yeah. I just take a jug of that. Yeah. It's two spoonfuls of Nescafe. Is that bad? Is that good? That's, 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 that's quite an intense cup of Nescafe, in fairness, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> that's a good, strong coffee. That must be the first one of the morning then. Yeah, it? yeah, that's the first one, yeah. Yeah. I must admit, when, when I used to have an office, we used to buy Nescafe in these big metal sort of containers from Macro in Nottingham. And occasionally we'd go, and of course, I'm more than open to be sponsored by Nescafe and other brands, if, if you know. <laughs> but I used to occasionally uh, buy something different because it was on offer. But some of them were just so dreadful. Uh, we always ended up going back to the, the Nescafe tin, even though it might be two or three pounds more expensive for this huge tin. We used to buy a whole kilogram tin. But we used to drink a lot of tea, a lot of, lot of coffee in our office. So we needed a big tin of coffee. We used to get through them quite regular. So let's take a slight left. Mm, I, I was, so Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to one of his podcasts and it was him and Brian Kellen, and they were talking about coffee and someone not being able to have coffee anymore. So instead started to make coffees with mushrooms. Yeah. You heard of this? Like yeah, cordyceps mushrooms. Yeah. Lion's mane and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And that it was, it, they noticed that it, it produced amazing endurance effects. Yeah, like for athletes and all that sort of thing. So the Chinese Olympic team apparently uses uses them now. Yeah, that sounds. Have you dabbled? I haven't now because I've never I've never managed to find any. But um, Pete Cohen, who was a guest on the podcast uh, way back, you know, in the sort of the the tens and the twenties of the episodes, uh, he told us a story um, of his wife uh, who had I think it was a brain tumor, but she certainly got some terminal cancer. And he went on a mission to research it and find out um, sort of non-invasive treatments that she could mm. have. She was going to have uh, treatment, but uh, and he was told by 
you know, very, very high uh, professionals in the States and around the world to, to give her mushroom coffee. And he, he now imports this particular mushroom coffee that he, he had with his, his wife still, still alive, uh, or she was at the time of the podcast. Uh, and he attributes her recovering her success through treatment and through you know, the remission to the mushroom coffee, so much so that he now imports it and he sells it uh, in the UK. In fact, he did tell me he was going to send me some, but he never did. So, Pete, if you're listening to this, I'm still waiting for the, for the coffee. Uh, but, yeah, and I've had a few people since talk about mushroom coffee. And it's, I think people have found, one, it's, it's, it's a healthy alternative. Uh, but it's also a good thing to blend with normal coffee in, in a sense like you've got your two and then you don't drink anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than drinking decaf, which a lot of people don't like, they then drink mushroom coffee for the rest of the day. And it but doesn't I mean, have the same effects. If it's a stimulant, then why, why, why are you going to carry on drinking it? Well, I suppose it has, it has other benefits. I don't know. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have, it, you know, it has the ups of the, the benefits of coffee, but without the downs of drinking fully caffeinated and, uh, you know, all the things that go with that. But yeah, Sounds yeah, I'd never heard of it. I mean, again, I, I learned the other day, I don't know if the episode's gone live yet or not, I don't think it has, about the fact that coffee that's grown in full sun is very different because it's a very forced grown product because most of the coffee in the world is plantation coffee and it's grown for, for quantity. But actually, partial shade-grown coffee has so much more because it, it takes so much longer to grow, and it's not forced-grown. Has so much more health benefits. So you know, this this lady we had um, only drinks shade-grown coffee, not sun-grown coffee. It, you know, but oh, yeah, so like, like you, I'm not really a coffee connoisseur. I've, be, I've become a lot more knowledgeable for doing this podcast. <laughs> trust me, uh, it's been great. Well, interesting. My my uh, my younger brother, he's out, He's actually out in. Hungary he has a farm in Hungary, but he does um he does he grows uh, herbal teas and all the rest of it. And he was explaining that coffee is one like an ancient wisdom to traditions or whatever. They they regarded coffee as one of the dark, dark natured plants. So there are four or five plants that have a dark nature, which means they give you something, but they take something in return. Yeah, which is just an interesting way to look at. It. At coffee, at I think the other one was the coca plant. Yeah, and I, I can't remember what the other ones were, but just yeah. like that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, dark plant. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we, we could end the podcast right now, and we've learned something quite incredible, haven't we? With that, so that's that's amazing. So I know you've you've recently uh, had a, a change. You know, you've moved from one practice and taken up uh, a, a role at another practice. Tell, tell us and the listeners a little bit more about what you've been working on and what's been evolving for you probably in the last sort of um, six, 12 months or so. Um, well, so I was, I was corporate partner at Chatterton's. Um, really enjoyed my time there. Had, had, had great fun. It's a good family. Um, you know, the, the CEO there's still a friend. I still refer work to them you know a really good bunch of lawyers i i'm just on an adventure okay you know and i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings on my way on that adventure but that's just the truth of it 
Yeah. That's just the truth. I, I, and I, I, I sat with the CEO, you know, we, we spoke about this and I said, look, it's not personal. You know, I'm not saying that I, you're, not, you're not a great employer. And, and I'll be honest, he, they're the best employers I've ever had. Mm. You know, Edward was brilliant. I, I loved working there. But it's just I have my own adventure. We're not here for that long, man. Yeah. We're here for, what, 80 years or so? Yeah, yeah. I just want yeah. to play. That's the truth of it. I, I, and, and this was just a great opportunity at the time. It came up. They invited me to join the board here. And I was, it's just a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. To, to carry on playing so what, which part of the adventure does this fit then oh, and what's question. next that's a good question they're two very good questions mm. <laughs> i'm not gonna answer them <laughs> but i so 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 here's an interesting thing and um, so i'm not precious about law mm. all right i happen to be doing law that's what i happen to be doing right um and because i happen to be doing it I've fallen in love with it because there's no other way to do the nine to five, yeah. right? The nine to five would be an unbearable grind if you just turned up to work yeah. and just did it and then went home again. And you're like, why am I doing this? Why? Yeah. You know, it's like you look at the guy that works at McDonald's and Gordon Ramsay, right? They're both chefs, right? Yeah. One of them fell in love and one of them clearly didn't. Right, and, and the, the, I, have, I have told this. I have said this to like mentors or mentees and stuff. You know, the the reality is that when you fall in love, magic happens, right? So if somebody asks you to make a salad, instead of cutting tomatoes, lettuce, and cucumber, right, you think to yourself, what happens if I throw in pomegranate? What happens if I add balsamic vinegar to lemon juice? Right, magic. Ha- that's where the magic happens when you fall in love. Sure. But and and some. So to me. Something even as boring as terms and conditions, right? It's, which nobody reads, nobody intelligent, nobody sensible, sorry. Intelligent people might. Nobody, nobody normal reads terms and conditions. Nobody, right? Because they're dull. Yeah. Unless you fall in love with it. And then you realize that this is, terms and conditions are a, they're the written down form of a relationship between my client and, that, and the other side. They're, they're, they are a relationship. You're talking about a blueprint for a relationship. So then you're like, okay, let me read this stuff, right? And I just, you know, when I started in this game, I just, I couldn't understand what I was reading. I couldn't, nobody, nobody can. If the language, the frequency of language is completely different, but then you read it once, you read it twice, you read it three times, okay, now you start to see this, this building, this edifice, right? This relationship in front of you. And you're like, hold on a minute. Those stairs don't go where they say they're going to go, right? That window's never going to open. They've built traps throughout this relationship where my client's always going to fall through. So then you play with this relationship. You play with this blueprint, right? And then you tweak it. You make sure the stairs go where they're supposed to go. You make sure the window's open. You get rid of all the trap doors. And by the time you're finished, it's a masterpiece to you. Right? Yeah. Clients are never going to read it. No one's ever going to read this stuff. Yeah. Right? But to you, it's a masterpiece. You're talking, this is architecture with words. Yeah. Right? But that only happens if you fall in love with it. If it's, if you're just putting together a set of terms and conditions, you can get a template, fill in some words. Yeah. It, it won't fit your client's needs yeah. though. Yeah. Right? It, it won't be dynamic. Yeah. So, that, so that's, the rea- that's the reality of it. The reality of it is when, when if you took away 
and I, I play this game a lot and it changes as I develop as a human being, right? Because, mm. you know, next year I'll be smarter than I am today. That's the deal. Yeah. Right. So next year I'll think something else. But so far, if you take away the need to earn, right, what, what, and I asked, spoke to my brother about this the other day, like, what is it that I want? What do you want from yourself? What do you want from your day? And you're like, philosophy and art. That's it. Mm-hmm. I can't, there's nothing else. And, and I keep looking at those two things. And I'm like, that's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything else. So mm-hmm. if I can, if, if, if law is my way of expressing art, then I'm happy. Yeah, your muse. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. That's 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 you know the aperture through which yeah. I express myself. And and listeners, you've you've just had a masterclass there, not only in T's and C's and how to escape the traps, but also how to avoid a question that's being asked, which is uh, <laughs> every lawyer should be absolutely exceptional. At, uh, <laughs> Answering a question, but not answering the question that they were asked. So thank you for doing that. But you shared a great insight there. And it's interesting what you say about you read it and then you read it again. And then the language starts to embed itself in. I remember taking a group of people from my construction business. And these were bricklayers, plasterers, joiners, the office staff. And we went to watch Midsummer's Night's Dream at the Nottingham Playhouse uh, in pure... Shakespeare style and they all sat there and their look on their faces when people started talking because they hadn't got a clue what was being said but you know by the time we got about 15-20 minutes in you could see they were starting to connect to the the language that was being talked about because they were listening to it over and they weren't dismissive of it they went through it again and went for it again and when we went to the interval I was just amazed. We went out and we had a beer. And you know, I've got this real sort of um, rough cast plasterer talking about the meaning of this <laughs> piece of Shakespeare. And it was like, wow. And he'd really got it. You know, the, the language has suddenly started to speak to him. He suddenly got it. He suddenly understood mm-hmm. it. And for the second half, they all sat there like all the actors were talking in their language because they That's listened amazing. to it. And I think, you know, a, a great tip for anybody listening to this is, you know, if you read something, if you hear something, you don't quite understand the language, go through it two or three times because it will yeah. start to re-speak to you and you will start yeah, to absolutely, understand Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I discovered this right at the beginning of, of my journey. I was, I was working for an organisation called Interrights in London and I was, they asked me to pre- prepare summaries of um, cases. And I was like, yeah, fine. And then I was reading some really complex legal judgments from around the world. Yeah. And I just couldn't understand it. Like, I can understand each individual word, but it would just swim. And I thought, oh, I just, I can't have this. So then I just made this commitment to read every single word in the judgment without trying to understand it. Yeah. And then I just went through it and did that. And then got to the end, and then I did it again. And then uh, slowly the picture starts to form. And by the time you've read it the third time, you understand it better than anyone else. You, yeah. understand, you can read it, you know, you, don't, you understand it backwards. But you just have to commit to going through that process. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask you a, a personal question now, then. Go for it. Um, you've had your little boy, Moses. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously that's been a significant change in your life. Mm -hmm. How has it been? What lessons can you share with us of the difference that's made to, to you and to your life? Well, I mean, they're pretty fundamental changes. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, it, so in and in a small sense, in the obvious sense, like so. Me and me and like my, my wife's a rock star, right? Right. Yeah. So she's Good. she's she's a lawyer as well, and she. So we we had adventures planned. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's do this let's go to that country let's play here you know and then you you get the, it it's an interesting thing it's an interesting it's it just changes who the star of the show is you know you, you it changes who the center of attention is yeah you know it change it, it so that refocusing that that it, it's not to say it's an additional responsibility is is it doesn't really no. explain it properly you know it completely changes who the center of attention is in your world um but that's the same I, I, that's true for you know everybody will have I, yeah, I, yeah. I guess most people will have that experience when they have a kid I, what i found the most interesting is that because of the nature of my work i would leave before he wakes up and i would be home before he goes to sleep so i'd go three or four days sometimes without seeing him yeah and I, I mean, I'm a family man. I'd love to, you know, spend more time with them all and the rest of it. But I fully expected to be the kind of, to have the kind of relationship where I met him when he was born, handshake at 18. Wow. I okay. fully had that planned yeah. just, just because of the nature of how I work. And then because of lockdown, I'm spending every day at home with this guy. Right? I'm, going, I'm having breakfast with him, having lunch with him. We're going to the park every day. And because of that, I've got a whole new set of emotions. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, I mean, I'm really starting to like this guy. <laughs> so so, so it, it's changed how I look at how I want to work, you know, which, you know, is, is a reset that many people have had. Yeah. Like looking at how they want to work, what's important, where their priorities are. And so many people in my family have, they've gone down to four days a week. And they did that before lockdown, yeah. just because we're we're quite a, you know a close family and family's quite a, a big part of who we are. And but I, I'd see that and I'd be like, that's not quite the right way in my head. I'd be like, I'm not sure that's the right decision to make to go down to four days to to commit to a different lifestyle. Yeah. Right. But you know, I think they had it right all along. Yeah. And, and it sounds that the the relationship there's a a different bond there, isn't it? When you're spending that quality time with you know a son yeah. or a daughter uh, whatever 100%. that relationship is there's there's a bond there that you know even if people do go back to how they were that bond will always remain and it'll always yeah. be there and, 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 and it matters it matters in a different way because when you know he, now he's saying to me like when i'm leaving in the morning oh daddy uh, uh, can you do you want to play with me for a little bit <laughs> you know yeah. and, he's put, and he's putting those words and concepts together and but to yeah. me it's just like oh my god i gotta yeah. stay home with you i can't <laughs> be you know he's yeah. like just just for a little bit and, he, and yeah. he'll do that with the tone in his well just a little bit like, yeah, yeah dude i've got to go work man i'm sorry 
yeah, yeah, he's definitely got a career path ahead of him, isn't he? Of influencing people, definitely. So, so thank you for for sharing that and and that very personal insight. And and you gave me exactly the answer that I was hoping you were going to give as well. So, thank thank you for sharing that because I think that's a really important insight uh, that uh, the listeners can take away. So thinking uh, about you and how people can connect with you, because you know, as I've said to you before the recording started, you know, it is about putting you, know, you in front of people. And, you know, and I do that very willingly, as I do recommend clients to you um, anyway. Where can people find out more about you, find out more about what you do, perhaps the practice that you're working for now? What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Um, LinkedIn is... Yep. Is you know I'm on LinkedIn uh, at Lincoln's Lawyer. Okay. Um, I'll search my name. <laughs> yeah, and and, the, and, and let's, just, let's just make sure we spell my name correctly as well uh, for the listeners. So just just tell people if they're looking for it and putting it into a search on LinkedIn or anywhere else, how would they spell your name? A Z A M. Yep. And my surname is Zia Z I A. There you go. Yeah. So, and yeah. the practice I work at is BRM, BRM solicitors. Yeah. So yeah, you Great. should be able to find me from that. Yeah. And that's in Chesterfield in the UK. It is, yeah, Chesterfield oh, yeah. and Sheffield. Yeah. Great. That's where they're based. But my my client base is Lincolnshire, London. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um great. So there you have it, listeners. You know where to go. Search awesome on linkedin and uh, and take a look at uh, brm solicitors as well in chesterfield and sheffield so finally then before we go to the, uh, the 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 final coffee question thinking about something that you can give to the listeners as a tip something that they can take away and do something with um and be accountable you know listeners you know it's not just a case of receiving the tip you've got to go out and do something with it so, Arzen, what, what would you like to share with the listeners? What can you give them to take away? My answer to the question, um, so that's a good question. So I think the most important thing, I suppose, will be based around dispute. That, that's, I guess, where you find where the weaknesses are in people's business relationships, right? Okay. And, and and when you look at where fights start in business relationships, right? Shareholders agreements is one mm-hmm. thing that just people just don't pay attention to. They don't yeah. realize it, right? Because pe- people who don't know each other, they they'll they'll usually get a shareholders agreement, an agreement between shareholders that regulates their conduct. Yeah. Right, but it, it really comes down to this. Let's say you and me, right? We've been friends for 15 years or so, let's, right? Or yeah. we're family yeah. and we never fight. So why would we fight over business? We yeah. don't need an agreement, right? And that's where the problem begins. You see, a, a lack of clarity over roles and expectations or an imbalanced work ethic doesn't affect me and you being friends, but it has everything to do with why business relationships break down. Right. I mean, I like my friends because they're loyal. Right. I like because they understand me. They're goofy. Some of them are playing crazy, but I have very little concern or interaction with their work ethic. Mm -hmm. Now, if we start doing business together and it turns out that the other put the other side's lazy or ineffective, manana, manana, puts everything off until tomorrow. Well, if I'm putting in 15 hour days, 
resentment builds really quickly and it fractures it fractures friendships yeah because business is stressful a lot rides on decisions being made and fast decision making and the manana manana well if you can stifle the urge to strangle them Mm -hmm. you're going to want to get them out of the business sharpish but without a clear way out what's next yeah a fight and then the business dies or the friendship dies or both so, and unfortunately, it is usually both, isn't it? That's that. It is both. usually both. Yeah. I've got two or three of these going on at the moment, where people have joined in business because they're friends, uh, and you know, there's been a couple where one person, for example, has said, "Oh, so that means you're leaving the business, you're resigning," and the reason they've said that is that they want that to happen because then the shareholders agreement that they have got kicks in because none of them read it which has got again one of these template documents mm. because what it says is if you resign you have to give your shares back to the business so it getting that right is so important yeah i i had a business partner in in my very very first business and we're still good friends we split up after about a year but we're still good friends because we knew exactly how that split was going to happen because we had a partnership agreement yeah, it's, it's so it's so important because it does protect the friendship and it protects the business, but it protects the relationship between you. Because you, you're clear, look, these are our obligations. And if we don't hit those obligations, this is the clear way out. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, no one's confused at any point in that process. Yeah. And I had a, a shareholder in, in my construction business who I was hoping he was going to succeed me in the business, but I made a bit of a mistake because he was older than me. So he retired before I did. But again, when he got to retirement, there was, because the shareholders agreement had been done 10 years before, there was no arguments. We knew how to value his shares. We knew the steps that needed to be taken. We knew what happened to his shares. Everything happened and it happened really quickly, really seamlessly. And there were, as you say, no battles, no fights. It was just clear cut. So I think that's a, a great, a great tip. The, the other tip I'd give people is, is to just... I mean, there's a reality to starting a business. You can't afford to pay, you know, exorbitant lawyers' fees and all the rest of it. But build a relationship with a lawyer pretty quickly, mm. right? I, 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 it's really important. And, and with a, you know, with a business coach and an accountant, the, these are essentials to your business's success. Yeah. Right. There's there's a there's a reality to that. The you know having taking templates from a template website is a dangerous thing to do because. You know, Kate Middleton's wedding dress was built to a template in that there's somewhere for the head and the arms to go. But the rest of it's a little bit bespoke. Yeah. You know, and there's a truth to that, right? Yeah, and and so. I mean, if you've got to, you've got, I get you've got no choice, right? Fine. But at least run it past a lawyer who won't charge you or who will just charge you it, just a tiny bit. Just get someone else's eyes on it. Yeah. Because... You know, that I had this poor kid come to me a little while ago, couldn't afford a lawyer, didn't want to take legal advice or accountancy advice. He was buying a business and got a contract from one of these, you know, um, template organizations. I'm not going to name them because, yeah. you know, whatever. But so, so you know, when buying a business, the, 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 the risk is on the buyer. Correct. Right. Buyer beware. That's the, yeah. that's the principle. Now, the way you mitigate that, is by putting in little promises in the contract. So if I'm buying your business from you today, right, the whole, the risk of the business, all the debt and all the rest of it is my problem. Um, unless I make you make promises about the state of that business, which is 
They're called the warranties, right? And these are the most, it's the most detailed part of the business purchase transaction. And, and it's, you know, it's the, usually the most negotiated part of the contract. Interesting. Right? In that template, it, it, it can run to about 30 pages long, just that yeah. part, the warranties part of the contract. I promise that the accounts were done on time. I promise that I've never had a virus in my business. I promise that my employees aren't trying to sue me. You know, all these yeah. promises about every aspect of the business, which I can then recover some of the purchase price against, right? Yeah. yeah. If, should they be wrong? But it also encourages you to tell the truth about some stuff. That this template that this kid had would have one sentence for that part of the contract. Wow. And you're like, come on. Yeah. You know, it's just I think to finish off, there's something very important there that you've said, isn't it? You you when you do these things, a bit like the 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 little note that the lady put on her lawn. She probably knew it didn't have any sort of real credibility neither um but it was what it was trying to do is it was trying to show an intent wasn't it yeah yeah please, yeah, yeah. please don't come across my lawn it worked yeah and i think a lot of this you know we need to do it because it also it sets that intent doesn't it it, it sets us off on the right path of what our intentions are going to be mm. so those warranties i love that you know and in fairness i've i've never done anything like that in any of the never being asked to or never done anything like in businesses. So that's certainly a tip I've taken away from today. But I think, you know, it's, it's, we all start off with the best intentions as friends and family, as you said, but having something that's formal and legal that confirms that intention. So that, you know, in 10 years time, as, as I found with that shareholder, it's very clear what the intention was, and then you can live by those intentions. So I think, you know, you've shared some great insights Dan, thank you very much. Final question then. If you were to have your next morning coffee mm-hmm. in a dream location, bear in mind what you said about you and your wife wanting to go all these places in the world. <laughs> if you were to have your next morning coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? Oh, well, I mean, bearing in mind that I'm, I'm a Muslim mm-hmm. and I'm not been to Mecca right I yeah. mean it's got to be that right I've got to start okay. there I can go on holiday after I can go Fiji after yeah. but I've never I've never been you know and, and and the way people describe it is just extraordinary yeah you know there's just that it just sounds extraordinary that you you, you get to touch the sand of your ancestors and all that that kind of emotional yeah. thing you know yeah and I, I suspect that wherever you're going to have coffee is probably outside some kind of perimeter of that because you don't want to. I always remember going to Malaysia and we went to this temple. Um, I don't know whether it was a Hindu temple, but it was a temple. And we went to the top of this temple. And when we looked down, there was a seating area on one of the lower levels and all the tables had got Coca-Cola emblems on them. <laughs> and uh, it was so commercialized it was like really you, you've, you've sport that yeah you know, you, so you, you know i love starbucks but i wouldn't expect to steer starbucks on the the inside of uh of meckering in that area would you so I, I suspect you've got to go slightly outside of you'd have to go slightly yeah, outside you would yeah yeah great well look you've you've given us an amazing amount of insight an amazing amount of time uh, and i know from my experience, you know, a lawyer's time never comes cheap, but it's always well valued. And you've certainly given us a, a huge amount of value for the time that you've freely given us today. And listeners, you need to do something with what you've heard today. 
So thank you, Azam, for giving up your time and for giving so much as well. Really do appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be more aware, better educated. We've done heaps of that today, but also to be more accountable. If you haven't got that shareholders agreement, that partners agreement that we've talked about in that tip, that intent of how you're going to have a relationship with somebody who might be a friend, they might be a family member, then do something about it. It's never too late. Go out and do it now. Reach out to Azam. He's giving us the details on LinkedIn. He's giving us BRM solicitors at uh, Chesterfield and Sheffield. Go out, reach out and do something with what you've learned today. And then you will have done both of us the justice of actually doing something with what we've told you. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.